Welcome back to Rivals of the East, host Buzz with co-host Sean. We have another Dolphins-Patriots games in the book. Sean, what did I tell you was going to happen, dude? What did I tell you? You you told me something, but it wasn't uh, unicorn, rainbows, show ponies. It wasn't a second-string quarterback and then a third-string quarterback. Listen, Teddy Glass... Got, it broke his pinky. We're gonna, uh, dude. I watched Teddy, this game. The glass cannon. He shot out <laughs> and got stiff arm. Dude. All right. So Patriots beat Dolphins this week, 23-21, Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure my prediction was twenty four twenty one or something like that. Was it not? Yeah, it was some. It was some yeah. bullshit. I was only like one point off. And uh, Mac Jones played the best game manager football you've ever seen. No. 200 <laughs> opening drive. Yeah. Opening drive. Um, but there's a lot to, to talk about in this game, Sean. Uh, there's a lot that's going on with both organizations. Clearly Miami has a lot of dysfunction and we've lost now five straight in a row. New England is now officially as of right now, uh, after this win against Miami, the seventh seed in the wild card seeding. Um, of course, the recent uh, Bills-Bengals game, they got postponed because of the injury to DeMar Hamlin. Probably going to be ruled a no contest. So it's going to come down to uh, Patriots-Bills. Dolphins still somewhat have a chance, but uh, two is out for the rest of this year. It's just one week. And Skylar Thompson is going to be getting reps against the Jets along with veteran Mike Glennon. And uh, I don't have high hopes for the Dolphins beating the Jets, yeah. For that, but yeah, the Patriots do. They're himself. They're the seventh seed. Never in your wildest dreams would you have imagined that here you are sitting in a playoff position with Matt Patricia actually, as your offensive coordinator, right? Actually, pretty sure I had them on the fringe. You had them on the fringe. Well, to be yeah, fair, it, it a lot of the wild AFC, card or nothing. Yeah, a lot no, of the AFC is parity. So I, I. The thing I will say, I didn't expect the five-game slide by Miami. No way. I should have done the no $5 way. parlay that they'd be losing five uh, in a row. I would have won a million bucks. I would have taken the man for life. I would have taken it. <laughs> Sean, let's talk about this game, man. So, obviously, week one, Dolphins win 20-7. to seven. Fast forward 16 weeks later, week 17. Miami goes to New England. Clearly, uh, you know, we don't have Tua, which uh, wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered. No. Um, we've – this Dolphins team got figured out. Bill – and I said it in the last episode, Bill was going to outcoach, and that's why. See, see, here's the thing I want people to understand. It's not – it's not even necessarily the offense he figured out. It's the fact that he recognized the situation and took advantage of it. What Bill does. He went, oh, big plays. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, 
You have a mediocre, medium range to short range quarterback. Yeah, I gotcha. And Patriots, even with like the <laughs> Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills and missing Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, because Jack Jones is on IR and Marcus Jones had a concussion. Yeah, still took advantage and Bill did what Bill does. Well, game plan you know, defense. Christian Barmore made a big impact in this game, and I figured he would because. Miami, we came into this game and we just played scared. Um, We ran the ball for probably close to a season high, if not a season high. 27 rush attempts in this game total between everybody. Um, 86 yards. A pitiful run game. Jeff Wilson, 15 carries, 45 yards. Raheem Mostert, 9 carries, 29 yards. And, you know, Bridgewater had a, a quick run for six. Thompson, a run for four. Tyreek had one run for two yards, which was a touchdown. But, you know, I if you watch this game right from the get-go, you know, Patriots, they, they deferred in the first half. So Miami got the ball first. And when Miami had to kick and Patriots got that first drive and they went down the field and got the touchdown, you know, it was going to be, it was going to be a long game. It was going to be a long game. I yeah, Bill, Bill recognized this situation early, and it looked like he game planned for it specifically on defense. He zone dropped, dared them to throw it downfield. It's Teddy Bridgewater camp, and when he did, he made mistakes. So I'm going to look and at this Kyle game. Duggar. Yeah, so Kyle Duggar, of course, made a huge impact this game. He had the pick six, which, you know, pick changed six. the game. Changed not only game. didn't change the game because he got a score off of it, but I don't know what Teddy Bridgewater was thinking. I know he was trying to make yeah. up for his mistake, but. Cover Kyle... two, zone drop, and he sat underneath and just took it. But No, I'm not even talking about that. Kyle Duggar on the return. Went through four different yeah. Dolphins. And the last one he went through, he stiff arms Teddy Bridgewater so hard that Teddy falls straight to the ground. His neck goes back. He lands right on his pinky and dislocates or breaks. I, I don't know what the, the clear-cut answer is here. He hurts his pinky. He, so he, broke, can't uh, he broke a bone in his hand. Yeah, for sure. yeah. It was a <laughs> fracture. That's what it was. He put a fracture in his pinky. So then in comes Skylar Thompson in the third. I mean, what else are you going to do? Like, you can't run the ball. You can't. I just. (laughs) Then not only that, Skylar Thompson came in the game, too. And if you go back and watch that, you know, I thought Thompson came in and did. I mean, he did well. The guy came in and he was. He did what he was supposed to do. Listen, 12 of 21, 104, a touchdown and a pick for a seventh round rookie coming in to a game that we had to win. There's yeah. not much more you could ask for. It is really not. We can't all be Brock Purdy or some of these other rookies that have stepped in and been like, just give me the reins. This is a seventh round draft pick. Okay. And, you know, I, I'm looking at this team as I watch this game for or first quarter, we just try to run, run, run. And we had two good drives. Finally, a drive of over 10, 10 plays, which by the way, we're tied for bottom in the league for drives that are 10 plays or more. You know, another staple of a Mike McDaniel offense. And I just look at it and we got 14 points. We're up 14 to 10. And then the pick six happened and the whole game changed. And 
you know, New England didn't exactly run the ball on us that well. Ramondre Stevenson. Surprisingly. Yeah, 45 yards. Although Harris had a couple really hard carries, got some extra yards. They did just enough for the run game, is what I would say. Mac Jones played just enough competent football game manager quarterback to make a few throws. Tyquan Thornton for you guys came out, played pretty well. Um, Raheem Mostert for Miami played pretty well with eight catches, 62 yards. Run after catch was big for him. You know, and Teddy took checkdowns. Thompson took checkdowns as needed. Gasicki got a touchdown. So for the one guy who had him on his fantasy team, congratulations. Yeah. So, Sean, when you watch this game, it, it was obviously a tale of not uh, Patriots offense versus Miami's defense. It was a story of the Patriots defense controlling Miami's offense. And that's what was going to decide the game. And that's what Bill did. So when you watch this game, I want to ask your thoughts on two things. The first thing being number one, you think Matt Patricia is coming back next year, watching this team and seeing how some of these things have unfolded in the last couple of weeks, trying to get back in games, getting close and then falling short, or in this case, coming back and actually holding a lead and winning and playing sound football. And number two, I mean, are they going to beat the Bills week 18? All right. So uh, first question, Matt Patricia, barring outside an O'Brien return, no. 0.0 chance. Um, And it's less about Bill. I think it's more about Kraft. I think that conversation's actually been hit over the head a few times, I think, by Kraft already. You know, this is behind the scenes. You can guide, you can kind of pick up some hints throughout the season where Bill kind of with the Matt Patricia conversation has come up is he immediately doesn't even allow the question. He puts it on himself. And I think just by doing that, He recognizes the situation and is going, look, it's my choice. Don't put it on him. That's his best friend. He knows what he's doing. He put the guy in a position where he had no choice. I think O'Brien was the option in the previous year. And I think when that fell through, Matt Patricia was, hey, you were a previous head coach. Joe Judge, both of you, I respect you. Bill is a huge loyalty guy. If you understand his system and you care about it, that means more to him than it does actually being innovative or, you know, cutting, cutting edge. And guess what? When you're an older guy and you already have the concept, you have the scheme that works. But in this case, Matt Patricia, he had to figure it out on the fly. Bill knew that. I'm I'm thinking this was a conversation backdoor with Kraft having an understanding of going, hey, it's going to be rough this year. I know last year we had a rookie quarterback, same concept. Uh, it's going to be rough without the coordinator. You know, Josh took a lot of people with him. And the past two years, especially with Brian Dable, Brian Flores, the Patriots have lost that nucleus of understanding, continuity, you know, offensive scheme, especially with Tom Brady even. And I think the the Patriots are trying to recover by Bill 
inspiring people he's previously had and put him in places to see if they can at least take a bigger grasp. I think Matt, Patricia, Joe Judge stay with the team, but they take a different approach. I think O'Brien does return to the New England team, and I think he is going to be the next offensive coordinator. And I think Matt, Patricia actually – he takes Ernie Adams' role, and he's going to be the guy that makes a personnel and game time call. I think he's going to be the guy that looks for the challenge. I think Joe Judge is going to be an actual asset when it comes to um, offensive play calling. I think he's going to be the guy that's going to be an additional scout. I think that's what Joe Judge will do. I don't think he'll be so much as, you know, they call him quarterback coach. He ain't doing that. Um, Matt Patricia, offensive coordinator, let's be honest, don't know shit. He uh, He's coaching the offensive line. That's what he did previously with the offense six years ago. I mean, that's what it is. So for the second question, what was the second question? I don't know. Are you going to beat the I've Bills? I've been on a rant so long. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. How could I forget the Bills? I mean, it was postponed initially. Um, you know, I, I've got to say that's that's a terrible situation for the Bills with uh, Hamlin. But, you know, I think the NFL actually did do it justice by putting it off, putting it in perspective and going, hey, that this probably isn't a good quality product. And it's not a good humanitarian effect, I think, if you go ahead and go on with the game. Regardless of, you know, some of the expectations and implications that has on playoffs, I think that was the right move by the NFL. Personally, if I was a commissioner, I'd probably go somewhat that route. But I think that did hold a lot of implications. And I think it's ballsy and probably a good choice by Goodell. Um, Especially for what happened with two in prime time earlier this year. Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and and I think and I think actually that's a good point you just made there. I think it's a lot of it is saving face because that was a huge issue. It's a continued issue, and guess what? This whole situation, you know, no offense to Hamlin, I know the situation. Like that's not something you expect. That's nothing of his fault. This kind of overshadows the actual problem that still is occurring with concussions being Tua again. Yeah. And there's controversy that that's something we'll look at later in the year off yeah. season or well, if the guy even reoccurs or ever plays football again at that. We but don't know. Speaking on the bills game. Okay. Outside of the Patriots having their entire secondary Return for defense, Patriots have a 30% chance of winning. 30% chance. The the Bills, I think, in the factor that, you know, everyone's going to sit there and say, you know, oh, this whole situation, it's in their head. They know the implication. They know they lost the safety. You know, you got a lot of things going on. These are human beings. People are going to sit there, and that's probably going to be over-exaggerated. The Patriots' offense is some of the worst offense I've ever seen, I think, in my entire life. They're up there. Yeah. I've seen – I saw that Dolphin offense that took the one-win season. They could run the ball. (laughs) 
Good. <laughs> they ran the ball and played defense, but they couldn't pass. Well, <laughs> I want to like talk the Patriots. I want to talk about this too. Uh, the Dolphins side. Clearly, obviously, the Patriots have got a great defense because Bill's there, knows how to utilize the pieces he has and the land of misfit toys that is uh, New England. Uh, obviously, offense is a problem. Miami's problem starts at the very top. And if you're sitting there as a Miami fan and you're wondering, like, hey, how do we go from eight and three, firmly in control of our playoff destiny, to eight and eight, just losing to the Patriots, who took the seventh seed from us, and now living on a hope and prayer that we've got to make sure the Bills beat the Patriots and we have to beat the Jets with Skylar Thompson, the seventh round rookie, and Mike Glennon, who we just signed. I mean, you're going up against the top five defense in the Jets. They are a top five defense. And it's just, you can't run. We've only had four good games running this whole season out of 17 games, 16 games, rather. That's not going to cut it. So the issue is it starts at the top. And Stephen Ross is making bad football decisions. Stephen Ross is a billionaire. I don't think he's stupid. I think that he just he's not he doesn't understand this side of business when it comes to like he, football. He's a philanthropist. I don't think he is an owner. Right. And so what comes with that is he just gives off the duties to somebody that he feels he can trust. And the person he feels that he can trust is none other than the man who's been at Miami for 23 years. That's Chris Greer. Chris Greer has been there for 23 years. He has been part of the scouting department's personnel department, general manager, vice president of football operations. He's been all over the place. He's been there when Bill Parcells was there and working with him. Big tuna. So if you look at this whole situation, this is a kind of a perfect storm is what you're seeing. And I'm going to get to why we we slid the five loss. Uh, five losses here. But, Sean, I want to take you back to the beginning in the offseason of this season in 2022. And Brian Flores was fired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Shortly after he was fired, he filed a lawsuit that the NFL was quick to try to extinguish and put out because there was gambling implications being paid to tank, which the NFL was not about to have any of that. So, Regardless how you feel about Brian Flores, the reality is Chris Greer and Brian Flores didn't get along because Brian Flores wanted more control because he didn't trust Chris Greer. Chris Greer always has nine lives. He always has a way to find it out, whether it's draft picks or capital, whatever. We hire, we try to go after Sean Payton and Tom Brady because Stephen Ross wants to win now. That's just the reality, Sean. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. Steve Ross is getting older. He wants to win. He wants to go all in. He wants a Super Bowl. And what you're seeing is a product of desperation. You are seeing a first-time head coach. What other, like, I was trying to think earlier today. Can you think of another time, Sean, where a first-year head coach, a first-ever head coach, inherited this much talent? I can't. I really can't. And so you have Mike McDaniel with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. They 
brought in Teron Armstead. They got Bradley Chubb this season, which was a disaster of a move. They had brought it, you know, we had Xavier Howard. And at the time, Byron Jones was going to be coming back. And we had all these other pieces, Christian Wilkins. We've had, I mean, we had so many pieces. Raheem Mostert, we brought in, you know, we got Jeff Wilson, Mike Kosicki. Uh, we went out and got Cedric Wilson, who's being paid $8 million to make 136 yards a season. We had Trent Sherfield. We've uh, Eric Izukanma, we drafted. There's just so many things that we did this offseason. I, I have the answer. What is your answer? It was Bill Belichick. Yeah. No. yeah. 2000, 2000 team he inherited when he was traded. I think that's the answer. Possibly. Um, you know, long story short, though, we're on this journey. And what you're witnessing is the fact that Miami had one strategy. Mike McDaniel is a good offensive coordinator, but he is not a good head coach. And he doesn't know how to handle adversity. He doesn't know how to rally the troops. He doesn't know how to make adjustments. And Tua is not a quarterback like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or even a Josh Allen or Justin Herbert who's going to say, cousins. Yeah, I don't even think he's that because I don't think Tua is no. going to be a kind of guy to be like, hey, yo, what are we doing here? Let's not run this. That I, He's not going to command. Yeah, he's not going to command. Mike McDaniels is a – I just want to get along with everybody. Like he, if Tyreek Hill tells Mike McDaniel – get me the ball 15 times in the game. Mike McDaniel will say, whatever you say. That's why we only have Tyreek Hill getting all these 165 targets. 165 yeah, targets I, this year. I, I, I want to say the reason why they have success is based off Tua. That's not the answer. And no. It's not even close. No. The answer is the talent acquisition and the only hit they had in the draft in the past 10 years being Jalen Waddle on offense. Um, McDaniels, you, you talk about a lot of things about adjustment and, you know, what it takes to be a head coach. You've said it previously. He's a good coordinator. He knows what he's doing on that aspect. He took talent, and he went, I'm going to maximize it. To a this is what you can do. Not much. I know what you could do. We're going to have to hit home runs, and that's it. That's it. No underneaths, no checkdowns, no read progressions. Just throw it there. No, it's right this spot. That's, you know, that's a luxury of a team with a good offensive line based off drafting. Guess what? They don't got that. And here's the thing to me. When you have to go out and spend money on Connor Williams, Teron Armstead. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you're not coaching any better. You're paying better players to come to your offensive yeah. line. You're taking a guy that already knows how to block for the past eight years. So you're That's not, what you're, doing. you're not, it's not coaching. So what you're seeing here across the board in Miami, why we've lost five straight is because we have played legitimate football teams, not barely beating the lions, barely beating the bears, barely getting by some of these other teams like Pittsburgh and whatever. Okay. You're playing the 49ers. You're playing the Los Angeles chargers. You're playing um, the new England Patriots when their defense is playing hot. You're playing against 
the Buffalo Bills. You're playing against tough teams, okay? And it's not going to be easy. But yet, here we are. And when the going gets tough, you have to have a guy at the head coach position and a quarterback on the same page who command and demand the room. Neither of those guys does. Any one of those teams you just mentioned can be any team given in the playoffs at any given day based on their quarters. And I think that's what a team is, and that's what makes it competitive, is the fact that the Patriots could have a shitty offense and still shut you down defensively. Yeah, the Bengals, that can go. We could take three quarters off and we could blow you out whenever we feel like it. The Bengals, eh, I could have a terrible three quarters with Josh Allen, fourth quarter. He could blow He could blow the top off. Those yeah. are the teams. Well, they look are. At the Buffalo game against Miami, fourth quarter, all Josh Allen. He took yeah. the game over. He just took it over. And, I mean, Josh Allen's not perfect, but he has enough of a, an arm and enough He can of... do it when he wants it. He could throw himself out of a bad view. He could throw yep. himself out of a bad route. He can he could throw someone open when they shouldn't be open. Correct. That's what's scary. And you want to know the other thing? I know people might not believe me, but stats back it up. He distributes the ball. It's not only Stefan Diggs, it's Gabe Davis, it's Dawson Knox, it's Devin Singletary. He gets the ball to whoever's open. It's like Patrick Mahomes said when they talked about Tyreek Hill. This is Andy Reid's offense. This isn't my offense. I just throw to whoever's open. If he wants me to throw more to this guy, I throw to him. With this is we spread the ball around and it's his offense. Same thing with what Tom Brady said, like we mentioned earlier, we're talking, right? His favorite receiver is who? The open receiver. Right. And I don't care what the name on the back of the jersey says. Just be open. And see, Miami has that problem where it's not a matter of, oh, who's open? It's a matter of where's number 10? Where's 10 at? Doesn't matter if he's double covered. I mean, in the game, John, there was a play. Skylar Thompson's in, and they're like, yeah, get it to, you know, get it to Tyreek. And tries to force it into Tyreek. Ball bounces off his hand and is... Uh, an amazing heads-up play is major kudos to Jonathan Jones, toe-tapping and picking it off off the bounce. I mean, come on now. So, I all I'm saying, yeah. Sean, is that here, here here's the question. Yeah. So, all the other teams that they played all year, everyone knows about Tyreek Hill. Why, why did Tyreek Hill not perform when it mattered? in terms of in this five-game stretch that we've lost? Yeah, why didn't it matter? It doesn't matter because he's undersized and they play tough, very tight man-to-man. So would you say the rest of the teams in the league maybe made adjustments when McDaniels stayed the same? I would say that Mike McDaniel doesn't know how to maximize his talent that he has. He only knows how to scheme. Scheming and talent have to go hand in hand. You can't just per- say, it's like a perfect example. You know in Madden, when you're sitting there and you're trying to change your scheme on offense and you'll have a percentage as far as like what it's going to be based on the talent you have, okay? He's right now at about a 55% 
when if he changed his scheme to match the talent he has, would be at 80%. There's talent on this team. It's just we were not built for any particular way. I mentioned it to you earlier. It's like, what's the identity of this offense? You can't just say Tyree Kill. I mean, like, yeah, it is Tyree Kill, but, like, what's the identity? Our, well, we're a big play team. What big play? I, uh, honestly, what I would have said, based off the talent they have, you know, fast, undersized, outside of Waddle, moving players. You know, you got a running back that can do it. He's older. You have Jeff Wilson, who's actually larger on the receiving end. He Runs well between, is between the physical tackles. specimen. I, they're a West Coast team, I think. Yeah. Based off your talent, it's quick hitters. And that kind of sounds like two of strengths. And when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, that kind of makes sense. So listen, I'm kind of confused why they're a vertical team making RPO action deep down the middle of the field when they can't run the ball. Listen, under Brian Flores, Tua had last year a 68% completion rating. This year under Mike McDaniel, he is at 64.8. Big plays, less consistency. You know what would benefit Tua is if you put Tyreek Hill in the same position Waddle was in last year, and you just got him in a little bit of space and get the ball in his hands and let him make a play. And then when you got Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert in there, run the same offense. Listen, you go back and look at the All-22 for 2021 season for Tua. There's a at least on average eight or nine times a game where a guy's open the middle of the field, and he just doesn't even look at him. Uh, I, I think it behooves them to not treat the larger receiver with the same physical specimen outside of a small amount of speed that Tyreek possesses with Jalen Waddle. Why aren't they treating Jalen Waddle like the plotting Devontae Parker? He was uh, a number one. Why aren't they treating him that way? Because the scheme is based on 10. That's it. The scheme is based it, on no, Tyreek Hill. It, it's not it should maximizing be based players. Off leverage. You know, because you think if you had the bigger guy on the outside, which they previously done, have had success against even the Patriots defense when they used Devontae Parker in that way, you use the outside guy that is bigger. Yep. Forces outside matchups. You put a safety on him over the top. Guess what? You just open up the slot receiver. Guess who that would have been? Tyreek Hill. Guess what? We're not doing that. We, nope. We just moved Tyreek and hope he's going to beat anyone single. We, we just hope he's going to be in man. The Patriots, half the NFL plays zone. Very few teams can play man-to-man. They play zone. So when you have a small guy, you, you have to motion him every play to get leverage. You yep. have to hope he runs through a zone. It's like, yeah, you, you made the great big play two or three times out of the game. But guess what? Can you do it every down? Can I do it in fourth quarter when the team adjusts and nope. goes, I see what you're doing? No, they don't. That's why they're losing. That's why he'll finish with four catches, 55 the yards against New England. The quarterback can't make the read. He can't make the read and recognize the defense situation because he's following his scheme. He's watching the guy in motion. He's hoping they have leverage. They don't have leverage. And he's going for the big hitter. It's been resulting in picks. It has. Well, wrapping up here today, um, 
Coming up here, big games, final week of the season, Sean. Here we are, week 18. We've got, I'm going to start with this one. Buffalo Bills are hosting the New England Patriots in a must win for the Patriots because if they don't win, they're going to need help by the Browns beating the Steelers and by um, the Dolphins losing to the Jets. What's your pre prediction for the Bills Patriots game? I think it's going to be 21 24. And I think you know the outcome. Bills. Yeah, it's going to be the Bills. <laughs> All right, I, piss, I can see that. But piss and vinegar is going to carry them. Question though, um, do you see the the Patriots backpedaling into the playoffs, or do you see Steelers getting it or Dolphins getting it? And Patriots will backpedal. I, 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 I see another team slipping in. Um, Dolphins are going to be hosting the Jets in the season finale here. Um, Jets, of course eliminated as of this past week with that loss to Seattle. So Miami has to win this game and New England lose. So since this is a must win to get in, we're starting with what we got. Skylar Thompson, Mike Glennon, the dynamic duo, only yeah. to be rivaled by Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle talent-wise. Who's going to start? Um, Skylar Thompson's taking the bulk of the first-round reps, so. I'd we're going to see what yeah, we're going to see what the so. rookies got, which I'm okay with. Um, is it going to be enough to beat the number five defense in the NFL? No, it's not. Um, but I will say we might get an idea of who he is. Now, Miami's going to lose this game. Uh, I believe it's going to be Jets are going to win probably about 27-17 is what I'm going to say. Ten point difference there. I think the Jets defense is going to get some turnovers. That's where the ten point difference comes into play, and the fact that we're not going to be able to run the ball. We're going to say, "Hey, Skyler, it's all on you." He'll, he'll have to play hero ball, probably make one big pass in the game. People are going to say, Skyler's our guy, maybe. Who's Tua? And then that's going to fall apart. And then they'll say, ah, oh, Tua would have won. Any one of them. I do see that since the Patriots are going to lose to the Bills, I agree, and the Dolphins are going to lose to the Jets. Unfortunately, I despise saying this. I know Pitt Rick is sitting at home throwing his towel around with tears in his eyes, probably saying, hallelujah, we've done it again. The Steelers are going to make the playoffs with Kenny freaking Pickett and Mike Tomlin with them plodding and trotting, not so gracefully, into the seventh seed, probably with a 9-8 and eight record, because they're going to beat the Browns. In John fact, Watson's really terrible. In fact, I'm going to make a ballsy prediction. Mitch Trubisky is going to finish the game and win it. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky? I got a feeling. You got a feeling? Got a feeling. Uh, you know, that's called It's going to be in dramatic fashion. Yeah, it's going to be dramatic. It's going to be embarrassing. But Pit Rick, we're out of here for you, man. Oh, terrible towel. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We're going to be back with uh, more Rivals of the East. You can check us out YouTube, wherever podcasts are available. Um, lots of stuff coming up here in the next few weeks. Of course, we got playoffs, depending if either the Patriots or Dolphins make it, which probably not. But if they do, we'll be back with a preview of that. If not, we're going to talk offseason here shortly. A lot to talk about, a lot going on. So hit the like button and subscribe. If you are on podcast platforms, just give us a follow. Write us a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Other than that, Sean, what you got to take us home? Um, 
let the young guy play. Let's see what we got. Don't be the Patriots and uh, try to make something out of shit. So let's go on. Adios.